Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast. I hope you all are doing well, guide community. You're staying safe and healthy wherever you are. This lovely Friday or Friday afternoon. Today, I am joined by my own boy, Austin Belchak, who is the founder and CEO and chief career strategist, career empower, career coach, whatever you want to refer to it as, of cultivatedculture.com, man. This guy is a mastermind, super active on platforms like LinkedIn, and he has his own website with a blog that shares all kinds of men's value that helps you take control of your career. And today I invited him on the show, man, because Austin is just a wealth of knowledge. I've been following him on LinkedIn for quite some time, and he's a wealth of knowledge on helping people really understand how do you get a job? Much more, what do you want to do in that job? And more importantly, how do you ensure that you thrive not only in your job, but throughout your career? So with that, for, without further ado, I want to bring on Austin to this episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast. What's up, man? Hey, Tim. Happy Friday, man. Or Friday, as, as you said. <laughs> happy Friday, bro. I'm doing well. I'm doing Good. well. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Uh, no complaints. I mean, uh, all things considered, we're we're doing well. We're hanging in there. Yeah. So where are you currently at, bro? Uh, so I'm I'm right in the the New York area here. So we were talking a little bit about it before, but uh, I lived in Manhattan for a long, long time. And then we made the move across the water to Jersey City like two years ago now. Wow. Um, so we're we're right in the thick of it. But uh, overall, it's you know it's pretty good. No complaints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about how long you've been living in New York, Austin. Uh, man, for since, since early 2014. So just over six years or so now, uh, I guess. And yeah, I was, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina before that, my first job, uh, I knew I had to make it up to the big city. So that was mm. that's what I set my sights on and then, uh, moved up there in February, February, 2014. I think Valentine's day was actually when I, when I officially moved into my first apartment in, in the city, lived there for uh, four years or so, four and a half years. And then uh, my wife and I made the jump out to, to Jersey. We're both from here. So we're like taking one step closer to home, but we're not ready to, to give up the city yet. Yeah, man, that's powerful. So let me ask you a question, man. You know, when was it for you? What moment for you did you realize that you wanted to build something like cultivate a culture? Oh man, for forever. I mean, I've, yeah. I've always wanted to kind of build my own thing and have a platform. I mean, you and I have talked a lot about the, the power of a personal brand, right? And what that, what that brings you, um, mm. especially, you know, in today's world. And when we talk about the future of work, you know, we're moving away from those, those traditional qualifications, those, you know, traditional uh, criterion, and we're moving more towards, you know, how is this person showing up and, and what do they have mm. to offer outside of, just, you know, that, that standard toolbox. And, mm. um, yeah, so I, I've always, my dad was an entrepreneur. Um, I kind of saw, you know, he, he was working from home, uh, well before it was, it, it was cooler. We had a yeah. global pandemic and, um, <laughs> you know, he was coming to my soccer games and all this other stuff. And I was like, you know, that's, I don't want to be tied to something where I'm, I'm stuck in, in an office for 40 plus mm. hours and I have to be there every single day. And, um, you know, I wanted to to build my thing so that I just didn't know what my idea was. Right. And I think mm. what happens to a lot of us that want to be entrepreneurial in some capacity, you know, we, we immediately go to the top where like, I'm going to make that next Facebook or like, I need mm. this idea that's going to be killer. And, uh, you know, after going through many <laughs> failed ideas and iterations, uh, that's re you really don't have to do that to, to build yeah. something, um, you know, you, sharing your story, um, 
focusing on what you're good at, you can, you can do plenty with, with just those things. And so mm. for me, you know, I tried to, I tried to create a couple of apps. I tried to create an apparel company. I tried to, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. And it all clicked for me when I ended up getting this, you know, job at Microsoft that I've been at for five years now, um, transitioning from, I was, a, I was a new grad with a 2.58 GPA and a biology degree and a job in healthcare with like three months of professional experience. Um, and so making the transition to Microsoft, you know, that wasn't easy. A lot of people came and asked me how I did it. Mm. And that was the the light bulb for me. I was like, you know, forget the next Facebook. Let's um, let's share some of the stuff that I learned along the way. And that was, you know, four years ago now. And the rest has kind of been history. Man, that's powerful. So, man, you 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 really you know what I love about Cultivate cultivatedculture.com is that you give people the frameworks, the tips, the practical hands-on stuff that a lot of people miss. You know, how do you suggest people find in today's day and age remote jobs, right? Now that we're living in a remote first world. Yeah. Well, the good news with what's going on now is pretty much any job that's posted is, is effectively remote. Um, I think you have a lot more, I think you have a lot more negotiating power Mm. in today's world than, than you might have before, because, you know, they're Mm. looking to fill that role and they're looking to bring on the best person. And, you know, if you Mm. show up and you're the best person and maybe the job's posted in Los Angeles, but you're in Austin, Texas, you know, if you show up and you're the best person, uh, there's there's a compelling argument to be made that it doesn't really matter that you're not in L.A. because, you know, no, nobody's going to be working from the office anyways. So I think yeah. that really it, the, the best like the silver lining of what's going on right now is pretty much every job that's out there um, is remote or, you know, you have mm. a lot more leverage to negotiate those remote jobs. But outside of that, there's there's traditionally been, um, you know, this is going to pass and, and we'll see what the future holds in terms of um, how, how how many companies stay remote and how many go back and, you know, what the percentages look like. But traditionally, there's kind of been two ways to make this happen. There's mm. you know, to go after companies that are uh, that are truly remote. Um, so your companies like a Basecamp or a Zapier, um, th- those folks who, you know, say it loud and proud, you know, we are 100% remote, we don't have like an HQ. But those tend to be really, really competitive, because those companies are that's the easy route, right. And, and we as humans, we like to, to take the path of least resistance. So you Google, you know, around for uh, who's got the remote jobs, and those folks pop up. So the other ways that you can get in the door are um, one to, to go find companies that do have a, a good culture of working mm. remotely. You know, maybe the whole company isn't remote, but speaking for myself, you know, Microsoft is, and and you you know as well. But Microsoft tends to be pretty flexible uh, with with that setup. And so Already, us, yeah. on my team, yeah, my team alone has. We have one of our guys is up in Burlington, Vermont. Another uh, one of our managers works in Raleigh, North Carolina. We have our leadership team in Seattle. We have pods in New York and LA. So people are all over the place working remotely. And we post a role and like we have a role posted right now on our team and it's it's posted, I think, out of New York. But, you know, we're, I think, really pretty happy to hire the best candidate re- regardless of where they're at. And so that was true mm-hmm. before the pandemic. So finding those companies that have that culture and those open roles that uh, you, you, if you go look, I mean, one of the best ways to figure this out is go look for that job title, the open role, and go find out where the HQ of the company is. So another good example of this might be like a HubSpot up in Boston. They have, you know, their HQ is out of there. But if I go search for an account executive role, let's say, uh, I'm going to see account execs all over the country. And to me, that's a good sign that, hey, their HQ is in Boston, but they have people in Austin, Texas, in LA, in Seattle. And so that's a good sign to me that, you know, they're open to remote work because those people are, you know, they're not commuting to the office every day. 
So that's one mm. little trick you can use to see if other people are already working remote. And if that's the case, you know, you can, you can establish that you can make it happen. Um, and then the third piece, which is the toughest is just taking the job that you want and then negotiating work from home for yourself through, uh, you know, excelling at your job, one, getting mm. the results that you want, building that track record, and then easing, easing out the door. So saying, Hey, can I just try, you know, one, one day, every couple weeks, you know, twice a month, I'll work from home, and then two days, and then three days, and then slowly upping the ante over time. Um, that that was, you know, the, the way to do it before all this happened. But I think people would be a little bit more open minded, um, given the current climate and, you know, moving yeah. forward with the future of work. So focusing on those companies that are able to do their stuff, you know, from anywhere, trying to find those roles where people are currently working remotely. Um, that's, that's probably your best bet right now. Man, those are that's a that's a clear framework, man. Think of, optimize around the companies that are already embracing remote work, and then don't try to even waste your time with companies that aren't right. And 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 I think every company now is realizing, okay, the future is remote. We have to invest in this for our people, and especially due to the fact that uh, you know, right now we're still facing a public health crisis, right? So yeah, you're absolutely a hundred and ten percent right. I'll say. I think with that, I want to ask you. You know, I, I think now more than ever, building relationships is key. Right. So what are your thoughts on how people should approach building authentic relationships online in a remote for, first world, man? Because a yeah, lot of people feel it that online. What? Yeah. My mom would have killed me 10 years ago for I'm yeah. talking to a stranger on the Internet right now. Yeah, she, she, would, have been, she would have been disappointed. Um, that's like our new normal, though. Right. I mean, mm. so many people I just uh, met another uh, guy from LinkedIn, his name's Andy Foote. And he and I've been talking back and forth about, you know, all sorts of stuff over the last couple of years. And that was the first time we got to catch up, you know, face to face, but that's how most of my relationships are built. Now it's all online and I don't really ever meet them quote in person or, or like this for a while. I mean, even you and I, I think went back and forth mm -hmm. for a long time before we had our, our first, you know, face to face. Yeah, call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that, that's just the way it's happening, but really, you know, relationship building, um, I think what's interesting about it is a lot of people know that they need to network or they're supposed to network. They're told to network, but nobody's, everybody's willing to tell them that they have to do it. Nobody's really willing to show them how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it tough. I think that, you know, one building relationships is usually a big step out of a lot of people's comfort zones. And then two, you know, you're doing something uncomfortable and you're doing it without a framework. There's nobody there to really help you through that. And that usually leads to uh, just poor outcomes simply because it's not easy to do something uncomfortable without a plan. No. So the, the best advice we can give in, in you know, a, a couple of minutes here on a, on a live is first just understanding how relationships are built. You know, a lot of people, when we say, you know, go network, what they start doing is they send emails to people and they basically just make an ask for a job. Yeah. They're like, Hey Tim, you know, yeah. you work at this place. I want to work there too. Here's my resume. Can you, you know, a, uh, give me some advice, look, look it over, B refer me in C, you know, send it along to the right person. And that's just a really mm. big ask right off the bat. Um, but even if we get what we want there, like, let's just say that, that you were willing to do that. You're like, yeah, awesome. We've never met, but sure. I'll refer you in. Uh, you know, how strong is that referral really going to be? Like, you don't know anything about me. We had, we have exchanged one email. Like that person can't really be a champion for you. Go to bat for you. And at the end of the day, if you want to get hired, you mm. really need somebody internally kind of singing your praises, you know, being able to speak directly to what you bring to the table. 
And that's not going to happen unless there's a relationship there. So what you need to do is take a step back and kind of delay your gratification and instead flip it on its head mm. and say, you know, look, I want to build a relationship with this person, not just because I want a job at this company, but because, you know, they, they truly have stuff that's really interesting, right? If, if you want a job at their company and they already have one, that right there is something interesting. They, they already have what you want. So mm. why don't we learn from this person? Why don't we, you know, turn them instead of into a referral? Why don't we aim to turn them into like a friend? or a close connection or whatever it is. And the way that we do that, you know, the crux of all relationships um, really boils down to uh, giving value that's aligned with the other person's interests without the expectation of immediate reciprocity. That's yeah. like the, the best definition that I can come up with. I love and that, so, bro. Yeah. And so, so many people get stuck on value though. They think like they need to come up with a game changing business idea or introduce this person to like Gary Vaynerchuk or something to get them mm -hmm. on their radar. And like, that's totally not the case. Uh, value is built in small layers over time and it, it, there's a whole range. And I think this is what makes relationship building one, one so intimidating when you start, but once you sort of get the hang of it, it, it can be a lot of fun because there's so many ways to get in the door. There's so many ways to add value to people. Mm -hmm. And it could be as simple as, you know, me showing up on your posts every day and mm -hmm. just leaving a positive comment. Um, it could be doing some research and, and, you know, sending, sending some, somebody something, you know, one of the people that um, I did a podcast with, they, they knew I liked hot sauce and, and they ended up sending me hot sauce as a thank you uh, afterwards. And then, and then we ended up, you know, chatting about that. And, and that was a great lead in. Um, some people have introduced, you know, me or I've introduced other people to mutually ben beneficial connections, um, or I've just recognized somebody for for something that they've done in the past, you know, um, if they've had a non-traditional background, or if they've, you know, done something interesting with their career, maybe they're writing articles online, you know, maybe they're professionally active on Twitter, just finding ways to get in front of these people where you make it about them, you, you add value to them. That's how you're going to get in the door. Because, the whole goal of the outreach and the whole goal of the initial, you know, few touch points um, when it comes to connecting with them, the goal isn't to get a job. Like the goal is to get on their radar in a positive way and work to build that relationship so that, you know, down the road, the reciprocation will be there. Mm -hmm. It's essentially like a, a bank account where the capital is like, you know, it, it's like social bucks, if you will. So if you want a referral or if you want an introduction to uh, Tim or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, let's say that costs 20 social bucks. Well, if you try to make that withdrawal at the very beginning with nothing deposited, like you're going to overdraw your account. Like you haven't, you haven't earned enough credit or you haven't made enough deposits to get to that level yet. So you need to start making those deposits, those, you know, leaving a thoughtful comment on Tim's post. All right. That's $1, you know, doing that three times mm -hmm. a week, that's $3. And then you work your way up to that $20 level. And then you can make the ask, you know, Hey, Tim, we've been chatting for a lot about the future of work over the last couple of yeah. years. I love the stuff that you're sharing, you know, if you don't mind, w would you be up for just a quick call, you know, 15 minutes of your time or something? I just have a couple questions. I want to run by you, get your advice. You know, you or I are going to be, we're going to be so much more likely to do that after this person has taken the time to invest in us and show up positively mm. for us than we are if this is a total stranger, which I'm sure you get people all the time you've never met before that are like, Tim, you know, help me yeah, get this yeah. job or take three. Yeah. They're always asking for free stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> why are y'all? I'm, I'm like, I share stuff every single day. <laughs> yep. I share free stuff every single day. What, what can I do? What more can I share? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's true. No, Austin, you're like, you hit the nail on the head. It, and it's, it's weird. I think it's uh, the 
people kind of like lack the empathy for relationship building. I think a lot of people are very just functional, very transactional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand relationship building is about renewing, caring, right? Nurturing over time, but also being very intentional too. Um, yeah. in terms of the type of relationship you want to build. You know, I I want to ask you, man, you know, a few more questions and then we'll cap out, man. You know, why do you think people are so scared to start a hustle like you like you did with Cultivated Culture, man? I think it's more more of the same of what we just talked about. You know, yeah. it's scary to do something that's, you know, start, starting anything is outside of pretty much all of our comfort zones, except for maybe, you know, like a handful of, of people. And yeah. there's no plan. There's no real roadmap um, for the most part. You know, there, there are roadmaps out there, but there isn't, there's never going to be a roadmap for the exact specific thing that you want to start with your situation and, you know, your limitations and what you, what's in front of you. And so what you have to do is, is kind of take the leap. And that is terrifying for a lot of people. I think for a couple of reasons, you know, most of us we're risk averse, you know, naturally, right. That's, mm. you know, what humans do. That's how we survive for, you know, thousands and thousands of years as, as a species, like we've avoided risk. And so that is an innate feeling. Like we don't want to do stuff that puts us in an uncomfortable position. And mm. the, the hardest part about this whole thing is that when you start something that's super vulnerable, right. You're, you're, you're putting something out there and it's not going to be a success overnight, even if you are, yeah. Like, yeah, if you've never started something before, no matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, it's not going to be a success overnight. And at the very beginning, the risk of failure is much, much higher um, than, than your chances of success until you start yeah. putting those you know, frameworks and foundation in place and, and kind of you, you tip the scales a little bit. So the problem there is, you know, a lot of people are uncomfortable with one going down that path, but two, we're worried about what other people think of us. Right. And so if mm. I start something on the side and, you know, I'm worried that my friends are going to make fun of me or my family's not going to understand, or, you know, what if work tells me I'm not allowed to do it or all this other stuff. And we kind of one yeah. these things in our heads, but two, that, that happens, right? Like my friends, when I was starting this, this business, they still make fun of me before and they don't really understand what I, I do. And that's cool. I don't, I don't care because, I, I know what I'm doing and this is something that I want to be doing. And so I'm not worried about it, but I think a lot of people do get worried about uh, that kind of stuff. And so we, we end up, you know, a lot of us, I think do want to have our own thing or start our own thing or own something, or even if it's just like, not like get that all the way. Maybe you just want to make a couple extra bucks on the side or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us want to do that, but the fear of failure and the fear of what other people might think, stops us. Mm. And when we let that happen, you are essentially kind of letting other people, you know, direct and guide your life, which is the yeah. wrong way to approach it. And so the yeah. cool part about starting something that I found is one, I've gotten to see who truly has my back, like which mm. of my friends have been there pretty much from the very beginning being like, I don't know what this is, but I, I'm, I support it because you're doing it. And that's cool. Um, mm. That's been really awesome. And then two, uh, you know, your, your, your vibe attracts your tribe. Right. And so like yeah. the, the stuff that you put out there, you end up finding and connecting with people who are way more aligned with truly what, what you're after than you ever might've expected. Like I have so many friends that I've just met online, you know, same as you and I yeah. who are so much more aligned with, you know, what I'm all about and what I care about and what I'm doing than many of the people that I've met just like through, you know, friends or family or mm. work or whatever it is. And it's led to some amazing friendships that I never would have had before if, you know, I hadn't gone out there and built this thing. Yeah. And so I think what you have to do is just have the confidence, believe in yourself, 
let all the criticism or, you know, jokes or whatever, roll off your back, go to work every day, put in that consistent, you know, daily effort. You're going to build it to a point where, you know, people start asking you like some of the people who made fun of me are now coming to me for career advice. And I'm like, Oh, that's, you know, it's great to see you again. How's it <laughs> the going? Roles have, the roles have switched. Exactly. Same exactly. With the turn, yeah. So shout out to Adam Beg who says, Hey man, you got to go out of your comfort zone. Appreciate you so much, Adam, for sharing the awesome, awesome comment, man. So, you know, last question, Austin, man. What is one book that you recommend people to read to help them with their careers? Uh, so I, I got two books. Um, and they're not going to be kind of traditional job books. So the first one, I'm sure you probably read The 4-Hour Work Week, and it's kind of cliched at this point. But the reason I still recommend it, and I, I still cite it as the book that's had the most impact on me, because I think the ethos of the book is uh, essentially just because everybody else is doing something doesn't mean it is the right thing to do, the best thing to do, or the right or best thing for you. Mm. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, Tim advocates for this life that's not a nine to five job and you start your own thing. And, and you know, some people say it's a get rich quick deal and all that. And that's, you can believe whatever you want to believe. The most important thing for me was seeing that and saying, okay, just because everybody else is doing something doesn't mean it's the right way or the best way to do it. And so when I, I read it, when I was going through the job search at kind of a low point, and that's what really got me thinking about, you know, why, why is everybody doing the same thing? Everybody's applying online. Everybody's tweaking their mm. resume. Everybody's doing, you know, what they're told, but it doesn't seem to be working for anyone. Like everybody's mm. frustrated with this process. So how do I go about finding something new, even if it means like breaking the rules in terms of not doing the societal norms or what I'm told to do? That was really, really impactful for me. And that absolutely, you know, changed the trajectory of, of my life. And so I, I would absolutely recommend giving it a read just to if, if you need that permission to do stuff that other people, you know, might make fun of you for or might not be considered normal. Like this is one of the best books to kind of empower you to take that first step and go do it. The second book I'd recommend, um, there's a lot of books in this space, but I think people ask me all the time, you know, what's the best skill that you can learn right now, or especially if you're a job seeker? And I would actually say that it's copywriting. So for people mm. who don't know what copywriting is, it's essentially um, your ability to persuade and sell through the written word. And if you think about the way that we all interact today and just the the like the landscape of society right now, so much more happens through writing than through, you know, the the spoken word these days in the sense mm. that, you know, we're we're talking to clients and coworkers and all that via email. You know, a lot of times we're making asks and decisions via email, which is in writing. You know, you're applying for a job, you are updating a resume, you're writing a cover letter, you're writing right there, you're on LinkedIn, you're writing, you know, we're texting each other. Like all this stuff is happening through the written word, but a lot of us don't really think about the impact that the way we were things has. And it mm. makes a huge, huge difference. So for me, a couple of the books I've read, the one I'll recommend, it's called Scientific Advertising by a guy named Claude Hopkins. And it's from a long time Ooh. ago. It's from, I think the 40s, uh, 30s or 40s. But the cool part is back then, advertising was all the written word, right? It's in newspapers, mm -hmm. it's in publications and magazines. There's no internet, there's there's no TV or, or anything like that at the scale no that we TikTok. have today. Yeah. And so all these guys focused all of their time and energy on how do I make the words that I use impactful? Um, yeah. So Ogilvy is like the the grandfather of of marketing um, or advertising. And, and his famous quote is, you know, if you give me a dollar to spend on advertising, I'm spending 80 cents on the headline. And that's that's could could not be more true in today's, you know, 
you know, short soundbite, your 140 character, whatever it is, um, you know, your one little comment, like, how do you make that as impactful as you possibly can? So learning how to be a great copywriter, learning how to sell yourself through your writing. Um, and you don't have to be an author, you don't have to be anything else. Like, when you can sell yourself through your writing in an email, like it can be casual, it's happening every day. And if you're not investing in learning, you know, the effects that the language that you use has on other people, you're missing a huge, huge opportunity. So a lot of the stuff that I've done, the reason I have the job I have today, the reason, you know, I, I you and I met through this platform and this business is all because yeah. of the investments that I made in copywriting. So I, I hang my hat on that one um, all day long. And I would absolutely recommend that other people check it out. So the book again is scientific advertising by Claude Hopkins. Um, there's a bunch of other kind of staple copywriting books out there, but a quick search online will, will have them pop up. But that's one of the, the best ones that I found that kind of breaks it down in a simple way. Yeah, dude, that's powerful, man. Make sure y'all definitely check that out. Scientific advertising, y'all. I love it. I love it. You know, with that said, Austin, where can people find out more about your work, man? For sure. I mean, LinkedIn is a, is a great spot. Uh, I spend a lot of time there. That's, you know, where you and I connected. So uh, I'm always around. I'm always posting. I'm trying to reply to people's comments and messages. Um, so feel free to connect with me there. If you do a personalized note, um, will help me kind of pick you out of the crowd. You can mention Tim or the podcast. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, just the site, cultivatedculture.com. We have a ton of free tools for job seekers. We have a free resume builder, free resume scanner, um, an email lookup tool. We have a whole bunch of stuff Woo! and it's all free. So uh, feel free to you know head over, check it out. We have a bunch of guides and, and a lot of other stuff. So either one, LinkedIn or the site are, are both perfect. Love it. Thank you so much, Austin, for being on the Unleashing the Future of Work, a guy podcast live. If you're interested in being on a future episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, make sure you check out utfow.com and please follow Austin's work. He is a wealth of knowledge and a mastermind at what he does. And Austin, thank you so much for finding time to be on the show, um, to be on the show today, man. Appreciate you, brother. You got it, Tim. Thanks so much, dude. Have a good one. All right, y'all. Talk to y'all soon. Peace, love, and be great. See ya. <laughs> Peace.